if you're looking to look better, be healthier, be thinner, you know, kind of that whole package, reach out to Ideal Health with Stephanie in the link below and check out their program. They, they're constantly having um, seminars that you can sit down, learn, see if it's a good fit for you, which it is. It's a phenomenal program. And you can, you can get those results that you've been looking for. You just have to do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the New Hampshire Business Show. My name is Chris Bashana, and today we're here with Ryan Neal from Ryan's Sugar Shack. How's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's get started. Tell me a little bit about yourself and the business, because this is, from what I've seen, it's going to be a pretty interesting story. Yeah, yeah. So I started uh, producing maple syrup when I was 13. Mm -hmm. um, I'm 17 years old now, and I'm the owner of Ryan's Sugar Shack in Chester, New Hampshire, and I produce uh, pure maple products. Um, and have my own facility where I do tours during the maple season. And uh, I have about 1,500 trees now that I'm on. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So let's get – I guess the first question is, so why does a 13-year-old decide to one, start his own business and then something like maple syrup? So I started it as just a hobby, mm -hmm. and then uh, I kind of transitioned it into more of a business about two years ago. But at first okay. it was just a hobby, and uh, I did it with my friend actually the first year, and uh, he he doesn't do it anymore. But yeah. I just had three trees I think the first year, and <laughs> somehow it turned into fifteen hundred and and growing at this point. That's really cool. Um, I don't even know where to go with that. So so your friend left because maybe was it getting just too much work or? It, we were just doing it kind of as a hobby thing yeah. back then, and then the next year I think I did maybe 40 trees the next year and then it was 180 and then 300 or something okay yeah so as the work got a little bigger you didn't want to stay on yeah he didn't it was just just like a friend's thing for yeah, fun yeah. and uh, he wasn't cool. in it for a business that's pretty cool idea, but yeah i know everyone has their own yeah, their own thing yeah. you know um so <laughs> why maple syrup yeah a lot of people ask me that yeah it's kind of a interesting thing not many people know how to do but it was just we've got a lot of maple trees on mm -hmm. our property it's a traditional spring thing uh that's done in new hampshire it's a food product that i can share i shared with my family just the first couple of years yeah and then as it grew more and more people wanted it and that's why i kept growing but it's kind of just it's what i could do on my property mm -hmm. and uh so as a hobby that's what i did at first cool that's pretty interesting i love that now I'm sorry. Before we get into the actual maple syrup part of it, um, you mentioned you, you've been like expanding, getting more trees and stuff. Yeah. Now, is that just trees that are already on your property that you've marked off? Or are you actually like planting trees? No. Um, the trees that you tap are about 40 years old. Mm -hmm. So I have about 150 to 200 on my property, and then I'm leasing 180 acres in Chester that okay. I have most of my trees on at this point that I okay. transport sap back from. But okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. let's go into that process because <laughs> we're talking a lot of things here that, you know, when you get a little older in business, that's pretty normal. But for, you know, a 17-year-old leasing, you said 180 acres? Yeah, yeah, a land lease on that. To, you know, getting to the point and then getting to someone that will actually even lease land to you. Yeah. Like, there's a very interesting, yeah. you know, dynamic going on yeah. here that you don't typically see. Yeah, because I'm basically, it's an agricultural type thing. It's like farming, except yeah. 
a whole it's kind of borderline um uh more difficult thing to do because i'm trying to market this into stores and everything it's not like i'm selling it out on the street or anything it's uh and there's a lot of regulation with it as well but um basically how land leasing works is i find a property that i would like to because not all land has maple trees on it in the state a lot of it doesn't especially this part of the state so i pick out the properties that i want to try to pursue and then i would go to the town and find the information of who owns that land and then contact them with my information and what i could pay them per tap and all that for the for the actual contract itself so that's Hmm. uh kind of the process in land leasing and that's really the only way for me to do it in this part of the state because land is so expensive i could not afford to purchase 200 acres of land yeah southeastern new hampshire (laughs) Uh, yeah, for sure. His property taxes alone would yeah. drain any profit yeah. you'd ever make. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, huh? That's pretty cool. So, I know I'm just asking a ton of questions. Uh, so you tap the trees. You know, you're kind of going through this process. How do you get all of the, I guess, whatever the sap out of there? Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. that seems like a lot of work in itself. Yeah, not many people know the process there. Yeah. So, basically, uh, I use a tubing system. So. Uh, there's tubing set up all year round at the, at these trees that I'm tapping, and then during the season I put the taps in the actual tree, which I drill a hole and put the tap in the tree, and then um, the season runs about four to eight weeks depending on the year, which it really varies. There's no way to predict how well your season's going to be. This past year is pretty good, but basically. You collect the sap that runs every day. You bring it back to your processing facility, which is in Chester for me, on my property. And uh, you're going to boil it because sap is like water. And you're trying to concentrate the sugar, um, which sap is roughly about 2%. Yeah. And you're trying to get it to about 66, 67%. So a lot of concentrating there. That's where your 40 to 50 to 1 ratio comes in that you hear sometimes. And you process it, and then you gotta finish it to the, le- the legal standard, and then you're gonna filter it through a filter press, and then you're gonna be hot bottling it or hot canning it into your packaging, and then your labeling happens after that. But that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then nice. you gotta market it, of course. Yeah, yeah, and the marketing and stuff. Yeah, and that's so. a whole nother process. So, with the amount of trees you have, like the fifteen hundred trees, how much of the actual syrup can you make every year? Um. I can make, with what I have right now, about 300, 350 gallons of syrup a year. Um, I'm hoping for over 500 next year, Mm -hmm. so um, I've got a bit of work I need to do to get to that point. (laughs) I'm going to add some more trees. I'm changing my system a little bit, um, but it's all about what kind of technology you're using. There's a lot of changing technology in the industry right now that allows me, myself, to be running 1,500 trees, Um, because back... Even 30 years ago, that would have been impossible for one person to run 1,500 trees. Yeah, because like I said, it just sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. 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 Hmm. <laughs> I like that. So I'm just going to show you guys. Here's a little Ryan Sugar Shack. So where are you selling these? So I'm in, um, I retail it out of my facility during the maple season. Mm-hmm. And then I have an online store at ryansugarshack.com. Yeah. And then... I'm also in a few local stores, uh, I think maybe 15 small stores, and then I'm working on a contract with Hannaford right now Nice to go into there because um, I still have quite a bit of product left over. 
but places like uh, Prime Butcher and Hampstead is one I've been in for a while. That's uh, probably the closest one to here that you'd be able to. Nice. Go look that's at. pretty cool. So the hand that's a Hanford. I mean, that's a pretty big name to be filling orders for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they work a lot with local vendors, yeah. so they're a good one to start with for mm-hmm. anyone selling small products like this. Because yeah. obviously, uh, I've I've talked to Market Basket and. Um, I'm not able to fulfill 70 stores or whatever at yeah. this point. That's I'm really trying to make the jump from <laughs> supplying like farmers markets and small stores into more of a commercial yeah. supplying grocery chains and all that. So yeah. that's the point where a lot of small businesses struggle. I'm sure you've heard that, yeah. and um, that's where I'm trying to go through. And I think Hannaford is uh, very bene- very helpful to small businesses for that. Yeah. Transition. Yeah, because I'm just thinking of the amount of product you need to fill. The, I don't know how big the shelf on the store would be, but probably have to put out a lot of stuff to. Yeah, yeah. You want to get to that? Yeah, you've got a a lot of your product just tied up to and in inventory and all that. Yeah. So it's it's definitely the transition from being in small stores yeah. and uh, farmers markets and stuff. So hmm. it's exciting, but absolutely, it's pretty cool. So. Think. What else do we got there? Hold on. So I'm going to do a quick break for commercials. Um, everyone, hold on. If you're looking for a new and kind of cool type of marketing, you should check out our business card board, as you can see right over there. That baby does some amazing things for the entrepreneurs on it. It's only $20 a year, and it's a really cool way to show some support for the New Hampshire Business Show and the other entrepreneurs in New Hampshire. As I said earlier in the week, there is three things we need for a business to be successful, and that is the offer, the audience, and follow-up. Part of follow-up is actually being able to capture the information of your client and then how you deal with them on the back end. So that lead generation part that I mentioned as number three is how we deal with it here at Phone Sites. So check out the program. It is a phenomenal way to put an offer in front of prospects and get them to opt in to give you their information so you can follow up with them later on. If you're not doing that, your business will fail online. Since we're talking about Hannaford <laughs> and they have a ton of maple syrups and products and all yeah. that stuff, for something like this, how does the taste differ between, you know, something that you're making and what you might get in a normal store? Yeah, so basically mine is um, produced it's about 50% red maples, 50% sugar maples. So it has a slightly different taste um, just by that. It's also done on a wood-fired evaporator. Um, I'm doing this uh, more commercial way of using maple tubing, um, which removes a lot of the contaminants that you get on a bucket system or something. But um, I'm also doing this myself over a wood-fired evaporator so no reverse osmosis machines or whatever so that's a machine that would take out um some of the water in the process without boiling and uh that changes the flavor a little bit so that's another way my product is a different flavor from others um then also i mean i'm 17 it's a small upcoming guy compared to the massive people up in canada or vermont that are producing product yeah you know people that probably have hundreds of thousands of acres of yeah. just maple trees out you know everywhere yeah yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm up against, basically. Yeah. But, hmm. um, it's also, a lot of people like to come and visit, because I am in south, southeastern New Hampshire. Um, yeah. It's very easy for a lot of people to come visit the facility, and I can walk everyone through the process and show everyone the equipment that I'm using to produce the product. There's nothing nothing hidden. It's a pretty simple product, simple thing for me. I don't add anything to it. It's uh, pure from the sap into the into the bottle, basically, once yeah. you process it, but you're not adding anything to it in the process. <laughs> yeah. So. It's pretty cool. So it's probably got some, I'm assuming it tastes good if people are yeah, I, I mean, eating it in this quantity. I, you know, I think it's the best syrup ever, but yeah. I might be a little bit biased on that. But I've heard from a lot of people, um, it does taste different than the store ones, and they like it a lot more. And I have a lot of repeat customers just because of that. Yeah, because they like the flavor of this over the store, the uh, the other products that are in the stores. Yeah, which there's a lot of competition in the syrup market right now. There are a lot of a lot of producers out there, but. You're just trying to get your name out there. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, you know, everyone in their, I guess, I guess not everyone in their father, but, you know, there's people take it up as a hobby. Yeah. And if you can find a small store, you know, they put out a little bit every year. Yeah. So you kind of got the, the hobbyists, but then you've got like, I don't even know what the I mean, more commercial operations. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of out of the hobbyist range. I'm now in small-scale commercial. Yeah. And that's the push for a lot of people. It's difficult. There's a lot of people that are right borderline. They're not sure if they want to make it into a new business or not, and you really have to kind of gamble on it of uh, investing in equipment. There's no easy transition into it. It's yeah. You're basically all or nothing because the production equipment that you need is uh, completely different from the two scales of producers. Yeah. And what I really like about it is <laughs> because you're so young, um, a lot of the early risks that people take when they take on a business are kind of like not negated, but they're mitigated in a way. Because, you know, if you had failed, you're still living with your parents. You didn't have to really worry about rent or anything like yeah. that. So there's a lot of benefits to the way you went about doing it, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still messing around with real money, but yeah. I'm not kicked out on the street if I uh, yeah. if I'm if I'm the business fails basically. Yeah, you just have to deal with your parents telling you. <laughs> yeah. Either I told you so or yeah. You know, it'll do better next time, Ryan. It's like yeah. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I mean, I did take a business loan. Yeah. Um, obviously, any any business needs to do that, but uh, yeah. That was about two years ago now. Yeah. I'm almost fully paid off on that from, that's pretty from good. the start. So. And that's just for equipment and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, equipment. And uh, you can see in the picture there the facility that I built. That was last year yeah. that I built that. That's pretty good. In the summer. Yeah. So what type of equipment goes into doing this? I know you had said you got the, the piping itself. Yeah. And then I'm assuming we said, it, what, a furnace to yeah so basically i have about 25 miles of maple tubing out in the woods that i've set up uh myself i did all that installed it all in the woods and then uh you also have a maple evaporator which that's your basically your biggest thing in your sugar house is that that's where most of your investment's going to go and that's the actual unit that processes uh your sap so your feeding sap into that you're feeding it with wood or oil it, they can either be wood fired or oil fired mine's wood fired and then you have your finishing units your filtering unit and your canning unit off after that okay and then your small 
stuff for labeling and all that but those are your main things and then uh, obviously all your tanks and everything out in the woods above the building all that yeah now with that much piping in the woods you said 25 miles with a pipe yeah roughly around yeah are you constantly maintaining that or is it usually pretty good because i think animals could probably jack with it or it's a constant it's a constant uh (laughs) war against the animals basically mainly the squirrels because there is sugar water left over there's no way to avoid it so they learn and they find out that there's sugar water in these tubes and they want they want to get it so yeah that's it's a pretty annoying thing for me because i'm always especially just before the season i spend two weeks uh, walking lines, fixing leaks with the pumps running. Waste of electricity for me because uh, I have to run all my pumps yeah. to identify where the leaks are. So it's just a, it's a pain, but there's really nothing you can do about it. Yeah. It's just part of the, part of the business. Some of your time is going to be spent. Yeah, that's too funny. Leaks. Hopefully, in the future, they find a way to deal with some of those issues. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's new tubing out right now. Um, that is squirrel proof squirrels can't shoot through it <laughs> but that stuff's Love pretty it. expensive at yeah, the moment so i won't be using that for i don't know i don't think anywhere five years yeah. at least it'll be before i use it but. yeah well maybe at, at some point you know you'll get enough acreage that your new acres you could do with a nice yeah. piping and yeah. then slowly work it out through the rest of it yeah that'd be the goal yeah i can see that so what are some of your the biggest problems you see moving forward as far as scaling the business and all that? I think the biggest thing for me is going to be getting the land to process, well, to with the trees on it and moving my processing facility because I'm still in high school now, but once I'm out of high school, I'm going to be looking for land, likely in northern New Hampshire, um, that I can move the facility to, move my equipment to, and build a, a new processing facility on. I'm not so much worried about moving my product as I am the actual finding a sugar bush that's within my price range at the time, Yeah. Um, which is getting more and more difficult to find, really? um, especially in New Hampshire. I might end up having to move out of state, but we'll see when yeah. the time comes. That'll pretty, probably four years from now when I'm... Uh, trying to move at least we'll see (laughs) nice okay it's pretty cool yeah so is there anything else you wanted to cover before we kind of wrap up nope i don't think so i mean um if anyone here knows firewood i go through about 30 quarts of firewood in a season um which this time of year in june july is when i'm collecting that for the next season i burn all pine firewood okay and uh that's the challenge is collecting enough firewood enough for the firewood. next season because about 30 days you go through that much wood that's a lot for anyone oh, that wow. knows knows the amounts but yeah that's the biggest resource i'm going through in the season is, is wood is wood yeah. oh wow is that something that later on you could switch out or is that kind of part of your flavor i'm not sure if that affects the flavor I'm sure doesn't it does. really affect the flavor um my uh, machine that I'm using to process the maple sap is wood fired. Okay. So I would have to get a new machine. Yeah. I can't convert it over to oil. I stayed away from oil because oil pl- prices fluctuate. Right now, it would be okay to be using oil, but it back, it's expensive. Yeah, then. back even a few years ago when oil wasn't so cheap, I would have been um, in some trouble with that. So hmm. wood is. I mean, the prices stay pretty 
the same historically. The prices don't change a whole lot, so right. um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's always going to be there. So better cool. for me in that way as a long-term investment. Oh yeah, it's good planning. Yeah, it's good planning. So if anyone knows any firewood, give it to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good so thank you for being on the show today yeah, this has been a lot of fun and I, like I said this is really cool and I like seeing young entrepreneurs moving into the market because I think old people need to get out of the way sometimes yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's the challenge just competing <laughs> with the people that have been in the market for a long time a long time yeah. yeah yeah so it's pretty good I like it so anyway yeah thanks for joining me and uh everyone else oops, switch my camera um everyone else Thank you for watching, and we're going to have the last word from our sponsors, and I'll see you all next time. If you're looking for a new way to advertise your business and you like kind of being on the, the front edge of some really cool things, think about becoming a sponsor for the New Hampshire Business Show. I deal every week with seven to eight or more of uh, some of the newest and coolest entrepreneurs in New Hampshire. So if that's the type of market you want to be in front of, reach out, let me know, and we'll talk sponsorships. That's it for today, everyone, but it doesn't have to end there. Head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or iHeartRadio to get more from New Hampshire's top entrepreneurs.